Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Crossroads 505. We're back doing it once again. I'm here with my co-host, Vince. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 studios. That's right. So if you've listened to some of the previous podcasts that have been broadcasting, you probably heard we had an episode with a fellow by the name of Tater, and he gave us a good story about his Sasquatch sighting. Well, we're bringing him back on because he has something else to share with us. Right. Welcome back, Tater. You there? Yes, sir. I am here, gentlemen. Welcome back. Okay. And Before we get started, uh, we talked about Tater's Sasquatch sighting. Now, uh, Tater's real name is Daryl, so it, but it's not the Daryl on TV. That's Sasquatch. Oh, I was going to say, no wonder why he had a Sasquatch sighting. <laughs> it, it was I was a, waiting for that joke, Larry. <laughs> it was a mating ritual. That's right. why he got so close. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, I'll, I'll I thought it's the aliens only did the probing. Uh, well, trust me, you don't want to get probed by a Sasquatch. Um, no, thank you. Could, could you imagine one there? You know, they say that when you see them in the in the forest, they kind of sway back and forth. And they're, yeah. and they're kind of swaying a softball bat there, you know, swinging side to side <laughs> like a pendulum. Hey, when they when, <laughs> hey, when they make those wood knocks, it's not a fucking Louisville slugger that's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. But anyway, um, like we said, Tater was on before with the Sasquatch story. And uh, Tater grew up in the new, uh, rural New Mexico area, really, uh, his... His parents, uh, they lived, uh, the whole family actually lived on the reservation, the Navajo reservation. They owned a trading post. So Tater's really familiar with uh, the Navajo way of life. Right. Um, and we've talked about in other episodes, uh, no matter what tribe it is, we, we, we've all been vendors, all three of us. So when you go on the reservation, uh, you kind of got to really gain their trust for them to open up about their traditions and stuff. Uh, would you say that's pretty accurate, Tater? That's very accurate. I mean, it's no more accurate than I, I always hear you talking about the Zunis because both of you guys had had routes down that way. And right. I don't have much experience down in that area, you know, visiting or, or dealing with anybody from down in that area. So uh, it, was, it was very interesting to me and, in, a, in quite a few of your episodes, I've actually learned a lot about even the area that I grew up in because you guys have done some research on it now, and, and so it's been educational. I mean, right. Right. Well, I even told Vince, I said, man, you surprised me. I didn't think you were that damn smart. But <laughs> See, you I didn't know you I could read. I thought you were just a smart ass. I didn't realize. So. <laughs> well, I am both. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, we know we're not the sharpest tool in the shed, but we try, man. No, a, a quick story. Uh, 
when I first met Tater, uh, it was we we started carpooling together, and right. you know we're trying to be nice, you know, getting to know each other. And uh, he he used to tell me, "You're quick witted." Then after a while, he would tell me, "You're just a smart ass." <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a running joke with us because he kind of freaked out that I called him quick witted. I said, "That's just a nice way of saying you're a smart ass, right?" <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, that's it. I think that runs in the DNA because I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's kind of funny because. Uh, from day one, me and Tater kind of, we hit it off really good. Uh, right. And uh, we hit it off so good that people at work would kind of make fun of us, huh? Yeah, they do. They always just thought we were inseparable, you know, because we'd, we'd hang out on our days off, you know, and go have right. beers and stuff like that or, you know, go hit a concert here and right. there. And, right. Nice. Yeah, so they're saying, ah, you guys are a couple and all that type of shit. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, call dude, it whatever you want to call right. it. But. So, so, maybe they were jealous. Well, it was because a lot of people wanted to carpool with us. We're like, nah, we're good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, we, don't, we don't need any, we don't need anybody else. We're all right. Right. And uh, it was funny because uh, you know he he grew up. He's our age. Right. Uh, same musical era and right. uh, we had always talked about like we could have our own radio talk show about music right because 99 percent of our conversations were about music right and, yeah uh, and i still could i still could not get you vince to to even give a chance to either pink floyd or rush that was the only two <laughs> you know yeah. I, he hates them at least no no i can listen, i know he does i can listen to rush on the radio <laughs> and you know yeah. now that now that we're talking about music before we get into your next story tater uh, on the last episode that we had you on uh i mentioned jeff from rhode island he's 62 years well Maybe I'm not going to... Sorry, Jeff. Anyway, Jeff said that he recently started listening to metal music, and he gave me a big thank you for Dokken. He said, you guys turned me on to Dokken, and he said, what an amazing band. What yes. have I been missing out on? Right. That was such a, a great era we got right. to live through. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway... Just to go back to when me and Tater were saying we want to have our own radio show, and yeah. I'm Vince, and his real name is Daryl, so our, our catchphrase was, "Your VD, get your VD in the morning. Oh, VD in the morning, shit. Well, that was a good catch line yeah, right that there. That is, that's a good catch line, but you could get VD anytime, so download it. <laughs> right, so, hey, and, and with us, hey, who <laughs> Tap knows? that app. <laughs> right, tap, tap that, that app. app. You heard that, huh? <laughs> yeah. I did telling you i've listened to every episode of you guys so that, that's cool you know i'm and for all the other listeners out there that are faithful listeners i appreciate that because when we started this we said if we get two listeners we're cool with that but you know truthfully i'm amazed that when i look at the metadata it's called metadata and it tells me where our listeners from what they're listening on whether it be an iphone a spider or whatnot we have got them downloaded from Russia, Saudi Arabia, everywhere, everywhere. I, nice. It, it, it just amazes me. I'm like, damn, people all over the world listen to us. Right. That's kind of crazy. So it is. there you go, Daryl. Daryl Wayne. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to everybody. So, yeah. so now the world will hear your voice, whether you believe it or not. Right. They're going to say, who is that guy? Who's that tater? Yep, and uh, <clears throat> they're gonna say. Let me just say. Let me put this on the record, so it's so it's recorded. I was Tater Salad before Tater Salad. So <laughs> You're right. That's right. how far back that name goes for me. So okay. right, right. You yeah. were uh, shoot. You were Tater Salad 50 years ago. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's not bore our uh, listeners anymore. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of 
your next encounter. And Vince, what were you saying? It was well. Now, like I said, uh, Tater, uh, he he, a, lo- a large portion of his life he lived on the reservation, and uh, we're going to talk Skinwalker. Why, why don't you uh, set it up for us, Tater? Tell us, you know, the background and how it all came about. So, so like Vince just said, I I grew up around you know the Navajo Reservation and on it and stuff like that, and had never had any experience with any type of skinwalker, but I knew of them. I mean, right. I'd heard stories, you know, I'd heard everybody talk about them, but but nothing had ever happened to me. And so I want to say I was probably 17 years old, maybe, something like that. Um, <laughs> this will kind of age it. So the <laughs> Ford Ranger had barely came out. This is how old this was. <laughs> so brand spanking new, had a hot four banging cylinder motor in that thing so i ended up getting it from my parents so i went out to go watch a movie out at this girl's house and so it was out towards the crown point area from what is the so towards the farmington area probably 20 miles out there so it's right before crown point so and i apologize i do not know the name of this canyon but you pass through a canyon to get to it so kind of went out there before dark you know Watched the movie till 10, 30, 11, whatever it was. Well, I decided to drive back, you know, so say my goodnights on the way back. <laughs> this truck's really gutless. I mean, just punching, it's going nowhere. So I'm coming back, kind of just, you know, in my own world, you know, listening to some music, jamming out. Well, I get coming up out of the canyon, out of Crown Point there. And there's not a soul around. I don't see a single car. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm probably doing a whole, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour trying to get up this canyon here. It's pretty steep. Right. So I look over. I, I, I notice something in beside me, you know, on my driver's side there. So I, I glance over, and something's moving. And so, you know, I take a full glance over at it, and... It's hard to see in the side of a vehicle with the lights. You can't. You don't have enough, you know, vision over there to see your anything. Your lights aren't bright enough. So all I see is something running along beside me. I'm like, man, I haven't had a single thing to drink. Nothing. I'm as stone cold sober as you could be. Well, this thing's on all fours, and it's just, it's just kind of easily keeping up with me. And so, you know, my heart sinks into my, you know, just have a hard time swallowing. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I punched the, the little truck, you know, trying to get it up this canyon. <laughs> so everything, passing gear kicks in. I, I maybe gain five miles an hour, you know. I'm in. <laughs> right. And I can't get away from this thing. And so I keep looking, you know, and this is this is windy coming out of there. It's not a straight shot. And there's, there's a couple of little drop-offs, you know, to where could have really been bad if I had gone off the road there. So I'm making sure I'm trying to stay on the road. And I, I look over, and I see, I see some eyes. And it was like a red, just a red, just not even no form to them, nothing. It was just red eyes is all I could see. I'd never seen anything run like this. It was, but it looked half man, half 
dog, wolf, something. I, like I said, I couldn't see enough of it, but I knew it wasn't. <laughs> I knew it wasn't all wolf or. It's just kind of a weird look to it, and just I don't know if all the hair was not there. I don't know what the deal was that I, I just couldn't figure out what the hell it was, and so. Like I said, I'm trying to get this little truck to go and go and go. I finally get up to, you know, 50, 55. Well, this thing's still beside me. It's still just, and it, it rides beside me for probably a mile and a half. And that that was an eternity to me. And right. finally, I, I get towards the top of the hill, and finally it starts kicking up, and I start kicking up some speed. And I must have not let off for the next 10 miles because I was probably running 90 by the time I, I finally let off the gas and got out. of. I mean, I was way past that canyon, and I thought, man, cop's going to stop me out here. And What the hell are you doing? And I was so shaken up at that point that I didn't stop until I got back to my mom and dad's house, which at the time we were living in Theroux, and... I was a nervous wreck. I mean, that, let's talk about another sleepless night. That was it. I, I didn't know what I saw. I, I didn't even know how to explain it to anybody. I'm like, it was a dog. Well, it was an animal. It was a wolf. It was, I didn't know how to explain it. I just knew it was on all fours and it was just running right beside me. And I don't, I've heard stories now that the skinwalkers will, will seek out somebody if there's jealousy involved or right you know i've heard the stories of why and so i don't know if it was coming back that you know i was i was an anglo guy or white guy out billigana i mean that's what they're really called out on the reservation you are you're a billigana yeah i am billigana so i mean i was I i don't know if that had anything to do with it and i had gone out to see another white girl out there so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I don't know if that was around their house. I don't. I mean, I honestly, I don't know. And I. Do you think maybe somebody else uh, had their eyes on that girl, or maybe uh, you it know, could definitely be wanted, you know, looking back, wanted to yeah. date her, and then they saw you going out there. So, like you said, the the jealousy thing. That's that's a, that's big, a big thing. That's one of the biggest part of the Skinwalker story. <laughs> And, it, you know, she was a Billy Gunner, too, and he could have been a native boy that really, really wanted her. And Right, yeah, exactly. Good. I mean, hindsight, looking back on it, that, that makes perfect sense now. Right. But at the time, I didn't know what the hell had happened. You know, I mean, I just, I was freaked out literally from on that one. I, and like Vince and, and you, Larry, you both talk about, well, who do you tell or right at that point that was so long ago that i didn't tell anybody that story for the longest time i mean i kept that one to myself so when you got home you didn't didn't tell your parents yeah no hell no didn't even begin to tell them i'm like (laughs) how do i even explain this they're gonna think i'm just you know what what have you been smoking let's go for a drug test Uh, exactly (laughs) they're gonna think you know what they they may have been uh more understanding than you think because yeah, they, they, yeah, they might have been because they they've been there long enough. They understand what goes on on the reservation, they, they right? Could, they, that may have been true. Yeah, I mean because we just and maybe like I said, maybe people had told them and because my dad was very fluent speaking Navajo. I mean he he would freak people out. He would just hold on a conversation and never skip a beat. Right. Hey, kudos to your dad because that's a hard <laughs> yeah. language to learn. It's a very hard language, and it's almost like, like growing Greek, up. You almost have to be born into it. Yep. I mean, growing up, like I had explained 
one time, I think where I first 10 years of my life was out there on the reservation. I, I used to freak people out in school because I could understand it, but I couldn't always speak it. Right. And I always played sports growing up and it was against a lot of native kids. And so they would say something in, in Navajo and I'd answer them back. And it used to freak them out. They're like, how the hell do you know what I said? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, so it was kind of funny that I would, but then, you know, you just kind of lose it over the years. And I just know the bad words now. It's about it. So. <laughs> you know when somebody's calling you a Bilagana, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That part I do know. I mean, but that's with any language. If you don't use it constantly, it kind of fades, and then you bring it back into practice. Right. And, and out there on the reservation, Tater being my nickname, even growing up, I was a year old, and that was my nickname. So, to the to all the Navajos there, I was Nomasi because meaning potato. So that was <laughs> that was my nickname out there. I was Nomasi. That was uh, it. I mean, okay, yeah. I'd hear that going down. You know, I'd be in Gallup at the mall or something. Nomasi. I knew they were talking to me. I mean, it's turned around. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you were trolling the rear west mall in Gallup, huh? <laughs> yeah, the big rear west mall. Hey, uh, believe it or not, at one time that was the spot. Hey, we, that we, was a happening spot. At one time, that was me and Vince's trolling place. <laughs> right. right. Was that where the record bar was? Yes, sir. Yes, it was. Record yeah. bar, and, and we even had a disc jockey for a while. That's right. Ooh. And to top it off, not to get off subject and, and, and take our audience away from the story, our cousin worked at the record record bar yeah so we, we always got an insight on all the new stuff coming out that's, that's pretty that, cool nice yes <clears throat> anyway back to the story now we talked about this uh on the phone earlier today or we yesterday you and i and me and my brother had mentioned that uh one of our relatives is married to a navajo man and we saw this picture of right. a skinwalker and I, I tried to kind of describe it to you what i saw and it was where right. it, it was like a coyote standing there but it, his bones weren't fully covered with flesh no no as a matter of fact the the arms you could see the hand but the the bones were exposed right it was it was kind of strange and uh <clears throat> now you especially you growing up on the navajo reservation uh skinwalkers are no joke there no no, no. I mean, you don't. That's. It's not. It's not even close to being a joke out there. I mean, everybody believes. I mean, they just know. And right. It's and a, it's like mentioning uh, the Yorona to me and my brother. We start to shake. Yeah. And, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, but to me, it was. My problem was, it was too dark on the side of the truck. Right. But I didn't want it to get in front of me or <laughs> trying like hell to get away from it as fast as I could. But that little gutless truck, I couldn't get anywhere. So, right. It was, uh, but it was hard to see. So, I mean, I just knew I couldn't get away from it. It just, it kind of toyed with me, you know, just kind of like, I'm here just to kind of shake you up to let you know I'm here and I can keep up with you. And, you know, it just kinda, and if, <laughs> if it and could it, laugh at me, it was probably laughing at me because it, it probably saw was. how scared I was. Right, but even that gutless truck, it was going fast <clears throat> enough. What else could keep up with it? Yeah, I, I should have been able to get away from, you know, if it was dog or right or wolf, you know, or anything, coyote yeah. or wolf or yeah, whatever it could have been. Because <laughs> Vince, to bring humor into it. Me and Vince, we, we ran over a coyote once in oh. my little car on the way to work. <laughs> that was, uh, it, it, it kind of freaked us out, but that was a miserable ride home, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. So, I mean, 
we know what we know what a coyote and stuff looks like because we actually hit one, you know. So I right, mean, it right. just kind of ran underneath us, uh, and and it it tore off all his AC lines, so we roasted on the way home. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah it was like 100 degrees that day, and so we were dying that, that now, way on the way home. Now, now Vince two, took his top off and everything. So, oh, uh, please don't say that. Well, I, I, I do that in the dead of winter, too. So, okay. But, yeah. but uh, did, getting back to a previous episode, did you hear our ghost dog episode when we were going toward Madrid? And that's yes. kind of what it reminded me of, because when we hit that coyote, I was looking at the side of the road, and I didn't see where it came from. I looked forward, and I just saw the back, you know, the, the hair around the back in front of your car, and boom, we hit it. Right. But, but I was waiting for you to, 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 in fact, I was waiting for you to mention it on that episode about us running over the coyote. I was like, why isn't he mentioning this? And, and you know what? I it, it slipped my mind until now, but that's exactly what me and my brother saw. Now, he has a tundra. That's quite a bit higher than the little car you had. Right. And have we, a little Civic. Right. And yes. we, we had we saw the back hair right over the hood of the car or the truck, but there was never any impact, just we, like it disappeared. And if you listen to the episode, for our, our listeners who haven't, I would suggest go back to Late Night with Larry and listen to the, the, the Ghost Dog episode. That hair came across my grill. And then, when I, you know, we were talking and we both saw it and it, it was like a split second. And I was like, oh, shit. Right. Like, I, I saw it come from your side. And and I said, what did we hit? So we looked. There was nothing there. And, you know, when you see it in front of you, kind of brace for little impact. We, and we there both was nothing, There was nothing. I looked in my rearview mirror because sometimes, you know, it'll duck down and you'll hit it and you'll see it spinning in the mirror. Nothing. There was nothing behind us. We didn't even feel a thump, but we saw it run in front of us. Yeah, but so uh, have you guys have you guys been able to find any other sightings on that stretch of road from anybody else posting anything? No, no, no. You know, it's it's very hard to find any sightings uh, here in New Mexico. Now you, you Google them or whatever. It's almost a handful of stories come up, whether it's Sasquatch or whatever. Right. But uh, your best bet is to talk to the people. And like right. I said, like with the natives, uh, you have to gain their trust. Now, uh, when I had my, my sighting, you know, I kind of got ridiculed at work because I told a few people. Uh, but it seems like now, whenever something freaky comes up, the people at work, they'll kind of pull me off to the side. Hey, can I, I want to talk to you about something. Right. And they'll tell me about what happened. <clears throat> And that's how it happens. But, you know, back to your skinwalker experience, a, a lot of people think that this is just folklore and they don't realize how the Navajos take this as not, it's not folklore, it is fact. Because for generations, that's what has been handed down to them. Right. <laughs> and if, if you look at the history of it, the skinwalkers were used to, First of all, to go to Other rival tribes, tribes right. and and I, I, I want to say I guess protagonize them and scare them, scare whatever, them. Yeah, know. that's what they were used for. But as as they got as they became the civilized tribes, uh, it the whole function shift and it became more of a dark art and malicious intentions and. And like we said, the number one reason that from our research, it's jealousy. Right. Right. And and looking back on it, it it makes sense now. But I mean, 
at the time, you know, I, I couldn't put all that together. I had no idea why or what the hell happened to me. Or, like I said, I didn't really even talk about it to anybody. I didn't bring it up because I didn't. I didn't want to be, you know, that person of what the hell do you? Th- what have you been smoking? Or are you going crazy on us? Or right, right. No, I saw it. I mean, no, that I mean that's so. understandable. I mean, because people are going to say, you know, you, you know, you're going to be ridiculed because. Well, I've driven that road 10,000 times and I've never seen anything. But maybe you're not the target of jealousy. Right, of the right. jealousy and all right. that. And and maybe just getting older, <laughs> I just don't give a shit what people think. So right. I don't there care you know. anymore. Yeah, I, I don't mean, either. Yeah. Now, I, w- I want to so. ask you a question. You know, I'm not trying to single out any one tribe or stuff, but you know the, the Navajos quite well. And um, a lot of things there are driven by jealousy. Is that a, a fair assessment? Yes, definitely. I mean, if if you show any any kind of wealth, or you know, they think you're you're kind of flaunting your wealth, then I mean, that's that's something. And right now, now let me you know give, we, right. Go ahead. No, let me give you an example. I, I work with somebody. I won't use his name. He lives on the reservation. He's a, a native guy. Uh, and, you know, we always joke with the guys that work at the mine. Oh, you must be the richest guy on the reservation, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he has horses. He has vehicles. He has a nice house. But, you know, and he puts them on social media. And he said he gets threats from his own family. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, they they single you out at, like, family outings and stuff. I mean, because I, I've been invited to things like that, you know, and dinners and you know celebrations and thanksgivings right. and okay now you, you know special outings i've been i've been to those with i'm the only belligan in the whole entire place right i mean now now that brings me to an interesting point uh you told me about a, a story now I, i'm hoping you share it um you got invited to a certain function that I've never, I've heard of them. I've never even been close. I've never been invited. Uh, was it a squad dance? It, it, well, I think it was more than a squad dance, looking back at it. And um, this, is, this is whenever my dad and mom were still uh, running the trading post. So mm-hmm. this is probably uh, somewhere in the 70s. I mean, it was, it was a long time ago. Right. And like I said, my my dad and mom got accepted on the reservation. They just the natives took them in. They just they kind of, you know, they they traded with us. And so, you know, we were we were kind of seen as one of them. And so we got invited to and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it, exactly what we went to. Uh But it was it was kind of like there was a medicine man there. They were doing their their seances their chants their songs their and i remember i i wasn't very old at the time it was just my mom my dad and me and i couldn't have been maybe six or seven at the time or seven or eight you know somewhere in that range but i remember i was scared to death because they're all dancing around this fire and the billagon is not supposed to be invited to this and so they were breaking all kinds of rules right looking back at it and so we were kind of sworn to, you know, don't bring this up or say that you've been here. And so 
we kind of watched all of this and I, it just it really freaked me out the way some of the stuff that they did and the way they were painted and you know i didn't understand exactly what was going on but we weren't supposed to be there and i, I i've never been back to an, another one since but it was i mean I've, I've been accepted by a lot of the natives over the years um but that was a whole different level that my dad had been on and we got invited to this and i'm sorry i don't know the exact name of it but but we did go to it is that is that the story you're referencing yes yes and you guys witnessed something that not many outsiders witness at all yeah like like i say you're we weren't supposed to be there that part i do know because i remember my mom and dad to even tell me at that age don't tell anybody we were here to not mention this to anybody and so, you know, it wasn't something I could brag about. Oh, I went to right. Right. whatever it's called. There's, I'm sure there's a name to it, and I, I apologize. I don't don't know the name of it, but right, wasn't able to talk about it, so I didn't really know what I was at, you know. But to watch the chants and the, the hear the singing and the dancing and to see the medicine man, you know, go through the, the process of trying to heal you know, I, if I remember right, there were two or three people they were trying to heal. You know, it wasn't just the one person. It was right, and 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 they're really in touch with the earth and the yeah. elements. And to us, uh, not to poke fun at you, but in the white man's world, it, we got a whole different belief system. That's why when we see something like that, it's it's almost scary to us. Right, it, and it was it was scary. I remember being scared at that point because uh, the face painting was one thing. It but just the way they they danced and it must have been like something out of the, a movie yeah it was <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain it was right. just yeah it was i remember a big raging fire i mean it was huge bonfire type thing and they they all danced around it holding hands and singing and but there was there was i remember like you know one medicine man was doing he was talking and chanting and you know, doing the prayers and whatever they do. And yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of freaky to me. I mean, right. I just didn't really understand it, but. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's just something we're not used to. I mean, yeah, no, I'm not saying they're wrong and we're right. It's just, we're not used to it. You know, we're used to our traditions and they got theirs and who knows, you know, they're maybe they're doing the right thing and we're doing the wrong thing. Well, and, and, yeah, exactly. And, and think about when, you know, uh, colonization happened on this continent what's the first thing they wanted, they wanted to do to stop that they wanted to stop all that and they sent all these natives to boarding school once they fought the wars and they put them on reservations they sent the young to the boarding schools and they insisted that they give up the language and learn english and take a, a white man name that's right yeah now just to touch <clears throat> on that real quick uh when uh, you said you you weren't really familiar with the Zuni uh, Zuni Pueblo Zuni tribe, uh, me and my brother we we went we went down there for years. Years. And, and um, the first time I saw the head clan down there, they're called Mudheads. Now they they run around with these like clay masks. I, I don't know how they get them on, but it's like all their whole head is engulfed, and they got like circles for eyes and a circle for mouth and. Uh, what they do is they run around and they get donations, you know, to support the head clan. But the first time I saw them, I was like, what in the hell? And w when the ladies would see them, they would, they would freak out and run the other way. 
Right. Well, that is, yeah, see, that's something I've never heard of. I mean, I just, I well, never experienced anything like that, so. Well, come, come to find out through research and study, uh, the way they develop those clay heads and everything, they are based on the star people that came down and taught them their knowledge. So when you look at one of those clay heads, that's a representation of the aliens that interacted with the Zuni people. So that's probably why, you know, they still say, well, I can't be a part of this. But anyway, we were getting right into the interesting part of your story. Uh, I don't know if it was a squad dance or whatnot, but let's finish that. I want to yeah, know what so, you I mean, saw. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those that, that I remember even building up to it. And my, my dad was really excited about it. And my dad, when he was alive, he was one of those, he was a very few words. I mean, he, he, he would, he was very friendly and it could talk to, he, he never met a stranger. I mean, he always, always talked to people, but he just, when it came to something like this, uh, he was kind of giddy about being able to go. It was something I even remember that at such a young age. I was like, this is a big deal. We're going this. I mean, we're not supposed to be here and yet we're going. And, right. and so that I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, I better take this in. And I, I just, I still, I, I wish I would have known more, but I wasn't able to talk to anybody. So I really. Right. And, and you were so young, it was probably hard to process. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was <laughs> seance or I don't know what to call it. I mean, it was, it was basically, it was, it had to have been a prayer of some sort, obviously, because it was a medicine right. man and, right. and, you know, logic kicking in. I mean, that, that tells you what they were doing, but it just, it was of a, something I'd never seen before, you know, I'd never, and there was some people that I knew that were the dancers and stuff. Right. And to see them in a different element like that, all dressed up in, in, you know, face painted and everything else. And it must all, have been like they were different people. And, they it took, was. It was like yeah. two. It was like night and day. You know. It was. Right. I never looked at them the same way. I really didn't. I kind of. Man, I, I kind of know now. You know, just right. I probably respect. You know, maybe I guess I had more respect for them because. I well, said, wow, this is. It was interesting to me. It was even interesting. It scared me, but it was interesting. Right. Right. And so. Well, any, anything we don't understand scares us. And these people that's took true. you back and they said, look, what, you know me in the day and that's my civilized personnel. Tonight you're seeing my tribal personnel. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's it. You, you saw the real them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, keep going. What what did you see? I mean, as, as far as that was pretty much the extent of it. I mean, right. there was... Yeah, the, it, it lasted probably two hours or better, two and a half hours. I don't know. I remember it seemed like it went on for <laughs> for quite a while. And I kept thinking, man, these guys, people got to start getting tired of being dancing. And, <laughs> you know, you would think. But, right. I mean, right. it just it seemed like it was one song right after the other, after the other prayers or whatever you want to call it. But, and, and to yeah, you. it was... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And, and no, 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 go right ahead. To our listeners, that's just how they conduct healing, whether it be, and they consider it body, mind, and soul. You know, that's how they conduct healings for people that have been affected by 
illness, whatever, that's how they try and heal them. And if you listen to some of the stories, they say these have been passed on to us. And it really goes tribal, and it comes down to, there's no other way to say it, but the the star people that have come down and taught them these sacred ways, and that's what they practice, and that's why they dress up to mimic them. They're not the only ones. Tribes in Africa, Brazil, everywhere. Right. Anywhere you go around the world, any tribe that's indigenous and hasn't been influenced by the Anglo-Saxon way or the Spaniard way, the Christian way, they'll tell you we've had visitors for thousands of years that come down and give us technology on healing, on living, on on even building cities. So, you know, to us, we think there's only one way of life, and that's the way we live it. But no, these these people have lived for thousands of years in ancient traditions that were brought to them, which they say are from the star people. Right. Yeah, it just it, it was it was an eye opening experience for me, and I really it not to sound corny or anything, but it kind of changed the way I looked at you know the whole native race. I mean, it just I kind of got to see a little bit more of the true meaning of of you know kind of like they're not, not really religion but just like you say their beliefs and right you, you got yes yeah, so i mean i you got to see first the real hand, side i of mean them. yeah i did first firsthand and not many i i mean i don't know if there's another billagana that can say i'm sure there is along the way so i'm i can't uh, say i'm that but, special but i'm just saying that was a special right that was a that was probably that we were really lucky to be there i mean I'm willing to bet that there's not many other Biliganas who could say that. I guarantee there's not. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish I knew exactly, but and if if my dad was still alive, you know, I mean, I'd be able to ask, hey, what did we go to exactly, you know? And Right. But, you know, he passed he'll, away. And, he'll smack you. He said, I told you not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you guys... You're not supposed to bring that shit up. What's the matter with you? Yeah. yeah, and you guys really did get invited to something that is sacred and private to them. So they must have really trusted your parents. Right. Right. And and it was... It, it kind of made me feel good. And, and not to sound corny or anything, but I was always raised by my dad that, you know, he was always taught me... You know, treat people how you want to be treated, and and it kind of just always stuck. That's I've lived my life that way. And growing up in school, you know, obviously being one of the white kids, I was one of the minorities. And I just right throughout the years, I got to see that more natives accepted me. You know, that that I had done right, and it took me probably until like my junior senior year in high school to realize. Wow, I've done something right. I've I've actually treated these people the right way that they're you right. know, they, they kind of accepted me and right after maybe it just took me a while to figure that part out, you know, being a stubborn ass kid or that you are, you think you know everything and right. like we all did. So no, that's... And you got you got to see the true uh natives and like uh, we grew up in Gallup. You've been you've probably spent lots of time in Gallup. We there we see a totally different side, right? Right. Yes. That's that's when they're coming in to, you know, party and let their hair down and, you know, spend the money. And they're, they're coming in to partake in uh, 
the white man's fire water and the white man's yeah. way of life. Yep, exactly. And I, I and can tell you, I, I I used to go out to the Navajo reservation uh, after I was done being a vendor, and I would go to Winter Rock and I'd party with some of them. And yeah, some of the things they did would freak me out. I never got invited to the things you did, but I know that there was a, a sacred way that went on at night that we weren't invited to. I know that there was some witchcraft going on behind my back. Or what we perceive as witchcraft. Right. To them, it's normal. To them, right. it's because, normal. You hear, because you hear stories of, like, the good and the evil in the medicine, man, that there's there's different sides. And right. right. Unfortunately, so, I was always involved in the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Well, one regret I have is uh, I, I went down to Zuni for several years, and uh, eventually they started inviting me to the night dances. Right. They invited me to Shellico. Shellico's uh, a big deal. I was always too chicken to go. I, I told them, yeah, right. I know what you do with a Mexican when the sun goes down. I'll be the sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I should have went because um, the one thing about the Zuni people – they're very hospitable. They are. They will bring you in your in their house. They'll feed you. Now, that being said, you know, on the Zuni Reservation, I don't know if you know this. I know you know the Navajo Reservation, but, you know, the rate of suicide on the Zuni Reservation is high. And I used to wonder why, why. But when you really dig deep into it, and I'm not trying to bash them, but it, let's just say you just got to go hang out down there and you'll find out. But yeah, it'll they, make more sense. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a really high rate of youth suicide. And I couldn't figure it out for the longest time. But once I started thinking about when I was a vendor going down there, and I would get invited down there after work, and I would go. And I'm like, mm, it makes sense now. Some of the practices that they do are really... Uh, I don't want to say depressing. They're they're counterintuitive to the modern day world, and they expect them all to fall in line. But when you're exposed to MTV and and this and that, you don't want to live that life because you're like, I want the Billy Gunner life. This traditional life isn't for me. But you right, know, the the new generation that, that just yes. And uh, I kind of put two and two together, and I'm like, I I I, I see why, but. It's it's not depressing to me, but some people are like, oh, there's a crisis going on. I'm like, no, you don't understand their traditions. They want nothing to do with our world because they see where our world's headed. Right. But, of course, it's attractive to the young people. Of course. It's like crack. Right. One hit and you're hooked. Right. Anyway, we just want to share that with our listeners tonight, and we want to thank you, Tater, for sharing your uh, Skinwalker story with us. And Right. I appreciate it, guys. I love what you guys are doing. Thank you. Super fan here. I listen all the time. So uh, I like that super fan. I do. <laughs> I like that. We got another super fan. He, he, super fan. His name's Jaden. Oh, yeah. We got a, a young kid, probably about uh, 10, 11 years yeah, old. Yeah, he's about 11 now. He, he listens to every episode at bedtime. And, uh, That's right. He, he's, he's, a, he's a big Sasquatch enthusiast. And he listens. I, I've been told he listens to our episodes over and over. <laughs> So Shout he, out to him then. That's right. He's a super fan. Anyway, we appreciate you sharing your experiences, your stories with us. And we thank you for coming It was my pleasure, on. guys. 
And you're welcome back anytime. You got any more stories? Come back. You got it. I don't think it's something else that ever happened to me that I was too afraid to tell anybody else. But I, I go, just go get I just, hypnotized. It'll bring them back. I just don't want to hear the story because you and Vince didn't want no one riding with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we can't tell those stories. That's what I don't want to hear. I, I, I won't those. tell. I won't tell about that time that. Uh, we got pulled over, and you went to the back of the car with that state cop, and I don't know You'll how we got know. out of the ticket. Yeah. You'll <laughs> we, never know. Hey, he appreciates it because there was no ticket. Right. <laughs> Just saying, I got out of it. Hey. It's them baby blue eyes. Anyway. got to do what you got to do. We appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.